Before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you. I'm uh, just so thankful to be here. Uh, thankful for everyone that is here. Uh, but more than any of that, Lord, we're just thankful for you and what you've done for each and every one of us. Lord, as we go forth in this service, God, I pray that in everything that we do, uh, you would be glorified. I pray that you would use me uh, and speak to me and through me, Lord. Lord, it's not by me, uh, but it's only by you. I pray for every person here uh, that you would show us all what we stand in need of today, God. Lord, we give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so this morning it's been, uh, it's been, like, it's been a weird morning for me. I've kind of got a little bit of a headache. I don't really know why. I'm just going to chalk it up as a spiritual attack. So I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me. It's just my head hurts a little bit. Uh, and that this morning and even yesterday, it's been just, my mind's been really scrambled, it seems like, uh, about what to even say. So much so that I really don't know what I'm going to say, to be completely honest. Even me and Darwin's preparation last week that I told you all was so good, uh, it's a lot better than it is this week. Uh, Darwin, last week I told you all about our preparation. You know, we got that, got that whole sermon up in uh, about five minutes before, before church started, before we just started talking about everything that's going on. And, you know, my side of the sermon, I, I, you know, I had two little segments in there, and I probably preached a combined five minutes. Uh, and unfortunately, that will probably have been longer than what I will say today. Uh, so, but it seems like Mike's wanting to get out of here early, so it's, well, it's all right. <laughs> he's planning to go to DJ's, so he's, he's excited. No, but in all seriousness, it has been a, it's been a, it, it's been a really busy week, and it's been a, kind of a rough week uh, in our school district, and those of you probably have heard, but there was a, there was a student in Mountain View that uh, a ninth grader who had committed suicide this week. And so, you know, as a teacher that, you know, that's sad. And I'm sure at Mountain View School District that was, it's even more, uh, you can feel that. That's more real. You know, a lot of people knew him, uh, had both parents in the household, you know, kid made good grades. I think he was part of the band maybe. Uh, so this was a kid that was very involved. He wasn't just a an outlier, you know, a kid that was off to himself, but had mom and dad in the house. Looked like he had a family that loved him, and it just kind of caught everybody off guard. You know, multiple teachers knew him, uh, and I'd talked with our athletic director, and he said he would have never thought. And so he knew the kid just a little bit and seen him around and talked to him a few times. And so that's very sad, and it just reminds me of the kind of battle that we're facing every single day the kind of battle that, you know, your, our kids are facing. Uh, and Ephesians talks about this battle, that it's not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a battle against the rulers, against the principalities, this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And, and honestly, that's what, that's what we're facing today. That's what uh, a lot of times that I feel when I'm preparing a sermon, is it's not so much a, I feel like I've got things coming against me. I feel like my mind's scrambled, but I, at the end of the day, I know what that is. It's Satan uh, coming against me. And any, any time that I'm ever preparing a sermon, you can bet it's going to be. I tell a kid with Rachel, it's like, it's like, I feel like you just try on a Saturday that I'm going to preach to just really try to get under my skin. We'll, we'll tease him. But really, it's not that. It's that uh, Satan is coming against me. Uh, and not because I'm good or have anything good to do. Uh, but because 
Satan is trying to prevent what God is trying to do. Uh, and so we all face this battle. We face these spiritual battles. We, we face temptation. We face trials. And our communities, our world, our country is facing evil. And Lloyd said something in devotion tomorrow, uh, this morning that stuck out to me. He said, we live in a confused world. And I thought that was a really, really good way to put it. We live in a world that is completely confused. A world that's so confused that uh, our youth are killing themselves. Uh, grown people are killing themselves. People are checking out. People are giving up on life. People are saying, you know what? This world's better without me or I'm tired of being in this world. And so they're taking their own life. They're taking it completely out of God's hands and they're, they're giving up. And that's sad. That's so sad. And I have to think that people are confused. And, and it's really sad because we live, we live in, a, in a place where about everybody here is, is heard of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, certainly everybody in this room has heard of Jesus Christ, but I would think every person in Mountain View has probably heard of Jesus Christ. That that's a name that's commonly used uh, in Mountain View. You know, there's 20 churches in Mountain View. There's probably 50 churches in Cleburne County. There's, there's 50 churches within 100 miles of here, easily. And so there's opportunities to know Christ. And so how is, how is people in our own community in such suffering, in such pain, in such confusion? How is the world that we live in so confused? We live in a confused world. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14, It says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. God's not a God of confusion. It's not super hard to understand. The Bible says He's a God of peace. And when, when you look at the bigger problem, what, what's really going on, it, there's no peace. There's no peace. Amen. And, I, and, I, and even, even in Christians, you know, there's a lot of anxiety amongst Christians. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of nervousness. There's a lot of not knowing. There's just a lot of confusion. There's not a lot of peace. But God says He's not a God of confusion, but He's a God of peace. And so I, I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, I was ironically, I was reading the Bible on my cell phone, but I have the Bible open in front of me also, but I was looking up a scripture, so I had kind of both out at the same time. And it, it just kind of hit me that, you know, everything on my cell phone comes from somewhere. It comes from someone. It comes... And, and they want you to see whatever this is. And Lloyd, something he'd mentioned in his devotion this morning is he had stopped watching the news completely. He's like, I don't, don't watch the news. He's like, a, and he'd mentioned that Lisa's like, wanted to watch the news and he won't let her or something like that. And he said, I, I ain't watching the news because they, you know, they're just trying to basically manipulate you into thinking something. Yeah. They want you to think this. They want you to think that. And I, and I got to thinking about that as I, was, as I was on my cell phone. Is everything on your phone comes from someone. Comes from someone, comes from somewhere. And it has a purpose behind what it's doing. Whether it be entertainment or manipulate what you think or just keep you, get you to spend money, whatever it is, it, it all comes from somewhere and it has a purpose behind it. Whether you know it or not. And, and I thought about at the same time I was getting a screen time notification and my screen time is like two hours a day or something, which is probably about 10 hours below the national average. But even that still, 
it's pretty like, wow, I, you spend two hours a day looking at your phone, looking at something that comes from somewhere. I don't spend that in the Bible. I know that for a fact. I, I do read my Bible every day, but there's nowhere near two hours of time spent thinking or looking at the Bible. And so in the same way, we know that the Bible comes from somewhere, that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that it comes from somewhere. We know where it comes from. We know that it is good. And one of the things the Bible teaches is, is do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I was thinking about just in my own life, maybe I'm consuming way too much of stuff that comes from somewhere else rather than things that come from God. And I, and I think that's a problem in all of our churches and all over the country is we're so caught up worshiping entertainment or worshiping a cell phone or just consuming whatever it is it has to offer, soaking it up, taking it in. And meanwhile, your own neighbor is killing themselves. The, there's there's going to be people that every one of y'all come into contact with this week that are probably thinking about checking out on life. There's going to be people that you come into contact with that are going through trials, that are going through spiritual battles, that are, that are going through sickness, that just lost loved ones, and they're in a place of hurt. They're in a place of they would love some light into life. And the church is not being the church because the church is consuming way more entertainment, way more just filling time and filling space rather than consuming the things of God. And so it makes me think of this passage in Matthew uh, chapter 9. Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35, and this is scripture that I've, I've preached on before and I've used before, and I, I believe Darwin's uh, used it too. But the Bible says in verse 35, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, I remember reading this. This was several years ago when I read this and really was trying to comprehend what it was saying. And I didn't understand because the Bible says that Jesus went through all these crowds and he went through all these villages and he saw that the people were harassed and helpless. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, The harvest is plentiful. Well, the harvest being plentiful would be a, a really good thing you know, but harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, that, that's a really bad thing. And so I, I was really honestly confused and I didn't understand what Jesus was saying. But after, you know, after praying about it, what I think God, what Jesus is saying is He goes to these towns and He goes to these villages and he's, He sees the sickness, He sees the disease, He sees that the people are, are harassed and they're helpless, and they're confused, and they're, they're so scattered, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And then he turns to his disciples, and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, the opportunity and the need for Jesus Christ in our communities, right here, Drasco, Heber, Mountain View, Batesville, 
The harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of people that need to hear about Jesus Christ, that needs to see Jesus Christ at your workplace. They need to see it, and they're, and they're not going to see it on their cell phone. They're not going to get it from there. They don't, they don't come from there. They're going to get it because they see you living like Jesus. They're going to they're receive Jesus because you have to say something about Jesus. Or you're going to have to live a life that reflects Jesus Christ. That you're going to have to be a person and a person of character and a person of God where they see the qualities of God and they go, you know, something's different about you. Or, may, or maybe you're going to be the one that goes, hey, can I, can I pray with you? You seem like you're going through something today. Or, hey, I heard about your wife. Can I, can I pray with you? I heard that she's sick. Or I heard that you're going through this divorce. you care if, if I pray with you? Amen. But you know, a lot of times, for me, what I've found is it's easy to not deal with certain things because it's, the result would be me working harder if I deal with them, if I confront them. It causes me more work. God forbid I have to work more. And, I, and I'll, give you, I'll give you a prime example of this is, is dealing with kids. And I know that a lot of people here as teachers or coaches, so y'all would all understand this, but you kind of learn to let certain things go that probably need addressed as a teacher because if, if you didn't, you'd just constantly be grilling somebody. You're constantly pulling them side talking to them because it takes a lot more effort to pull a kid to the side and talk to him about X, Y, Z, whatever they're doing than it does to just ignore it because it's not completely affecting everyone else. Just that, that particular kid has a bad attitude or that particular kid's doing something wrong, but it's not affecting anyone else. And it would be, it's easier to just ignore it and hope it resolves itself than to actually take the time, pull them to the side, stop what you're doing, okay, and get that person to the side and begin to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. That requires a lot more effort, a lot more intention. But remember, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so last week, Darwin and I preached on this, this encouraging message. And so now I, I want to encourage us, but I also want to challenge us Amen. that we need to stop being passive and less about, well, I don't, I don't want to do that because it would require me to have to go out of my way and... Why don't we be more intentional? Amen. Why don't we be more workers for the kingdom of God? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And now, in this day and time, the workers are really few. What would Jesus say if He, if he walked into our churches today? Would He look at us and, and if He wrote us a letter, if Paul came and he wrote this church a letter, what would it say? Y'all guys are crushing it. Y'all guys are growing. That's true. We are growing. But are we, are we doing all that we can do? Because I know for me this week, I've been convicted about how much time I spend on that phone and how much time I, I spend consuming everything that comes on that phone and how much less time I spend consuming the Word of God. Because I know that I've been put in a position to impact other people, especially young people, and I know that I can impact them. But if I, if I just take the road of, oh, I hope that resolves itself. All right, man, I, I don't have time to deal with that today. K 
kids are killing themselves in our own community. I could make an impact. I could make a difference. But we have to start being intentional and stop being lazy. And it's, it's not just kids. Yeah, I have a heart for youth, but it's not just our youth. It's all people. Amen. It's all people. We live in a world that is confused. But we don't serve a God of confusion. We serve a God of peace. And so what I, my challenge for the church today is let's go get the microphones. Let's go get the megaphones. And when we go out into our workplace, let's shine bright. Let's not be a, a city that's, that's hidden in a valley. Let's be a city that is on a hill. Let's not be a light that's put under a shade, but let's be a light that's held up in a room that shines bright, that people can see it and people will go, man, that Jesus guy, there's something different about Him. Amen. That, that we could say to those, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. They come and, and get a piece of Jesus Christ. This is true peace. This is a peace that surpasses understanding. This is a peace that doesn't come from man. This doesn't come from a pill. This doesn't come from anything. But this is a peace, a true peace, and it surpasses all understanding. And you've got to taste it. You've got to see it because it's real. It's of God. It's not of this world. That's what the church is called to be. Jesus said the last thing He would say to His disciples is go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and teach them to obey what I've taught. Are we doing that today? I don't want to be the person that goes through life and halfway does it. Right? And if you look at Paul, if you look at you look at his life, he gets to the end of his life, and he goes, man, I have run the race, and I gave it all. All for the glory of God. Amen. That it's not, it's not about Hans' kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. And it's not about what Hans wants. It's about what Jesus Christ wants. It's not nothing to do with me. This life is not of me, but this is Christ's life. And He's given us opportunity. And the harvest is plentiful. There's people that are in need of Jesus Christ. Are you going to be a worker? Are you going to be a laborer? Or are you just going to keep consuming for self? AJ, if you'll come. No, this is not a message that's maybe upbeat or smiley and certainly not one that gets a lot of amens. Uh, but it's what God's laid on my heart today. Amen. And it don't come from a place of I know better or I point my finger at you until you need to be better. It comes from a place of conviction, not of condemnation. It comes from a place of I know that I need to be better. I know that I need to consume less of stuff on a cell phone and things that are more of God, right? Amen. And I believe that's what God's calling this church to do. Dude, this church has got things going for it. Man, we've got... This is one of the most blessed churches in the area. And I, and I spend a lot of time in different churches. And a lot of churches are either really, really old or really, really young. And we have a mixture of people from the top to the bottom. Dude, God has put together a church that can affect a lot of different people in a lot of different circles. And if God be for us, 
who can be against us? So no matter what we're going through today, we know that the answer is knowing Jesus Christ more. It's taking our burdens, taking our fights, taking our problems, and laying them at His feet, trusting that He's going to take care of them. If y'all stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, just consider these altars open. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you, Lord, and Lord, we just thank you for who you are, for what you've done for each and every one of us. Lord, as we go forth out in the, into this world, God, into back to our jobs and go through this week, Lord, I pray that you help each and every one of us, God, uh, to be impactful, God, not for ourselves, and, but not for just personal gain, God, but for your kingdom, God. I pray that you open up our eyes and our hearts, God, you help us to see opportunities, God. I pray that you help us to be uh, workers, God. I pray that you help us not uh, to do things for ourselves, but do things for you. Lord, we thank you, we love you. We give you all the praise and glory, and we know it's not by us, but it's only by you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.